We kick off the state of the franchise series where we look at the uh, entire Pacific Division, get to know what's happening throughout the Pacific Division with our friend Jess from Locked on Flames and what was a very eventful offseason uh, in Calgary. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked On Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now and Inside the Rink. I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen. Proudly a part of the Locked On Network. We cover your team every day or at least three days a week right now while we're in off-season mode. If you want to be in every day, all you got to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube as well. And I'm joined by Jess, who uh, kicked off last year's. Uh, last year, it was Get to Know the Enemy. This year, rebranded it it is state of the franchise and we're going to state of the franchise with the flames uh jess how are you doing my friend uh a lot better than the flames um (laughs) pretty well actually enjoying and doing things with my summer so you know uh i'd call it productive productive um (laughs) i guess we'll start there the say the flames had a productive off season if you're of one school of mine, and if that school of mine is change. Um, so the Flames will start last year. They ended uh, the season uh, fifth in the Pacific, 93 points, just missed the playoffs. Um, and then they cleaned house, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, Sharks fans know that we were in this position one year ago. Uh, so, Jess, let's start with that question. What is the state of the, state of the Calgary Flames uh, heading into this season? Uh, at least, you know, right now at this very moment while we're recording, <laughs> I would say uncertainty Okay. Uh, just because, you know, there is a whole new front office and coach and a lot of supposedly moving parts with the roster, but there hasn't been any roster moves really other than Tyler Toffoli moving. And, uh, but I think, the overwhelming positivity that Flames fans felt uh, April, May, June, even mm-hmm. uh, it it's worn off. I think just because of there really hasn't been any movement. We don't know if Elias Lindholm is going to sign long-term or if he wants out Noah Hannafin still uh, a member of the flames. Same with Dan Vladar, who I thought would have at least been moved at the draft. Um, you know, it's a good time for things to be quiet, I guess, because Craig Connery does have a lot of messes to clean up that weren't his messes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned, right, you have a new GM and a new coach and all that. That um, You know, Daryl Sutter, there was a lot of smoke and flame about smoke and flames, uh, about the friction between his very abrasive coaching style and the team that was there, you know, a lot of players asked for trades. And then as soon as he left, they rescinded those trade requests. Um, you know, it, it's feels like it's kind of a mess in Calgary, right? Is, is that a fair, or at least like you said, there, there's a lot of messes that they're trying to clean up right now. 
Um, is that a fair assumption of the team right now is trying to kind of figure out what this team is? Yeah, 100%. And I think, I feel like trying to figure out this team's identity is just a constant theme. <laughs> and it's so unfortunate because in my four seasons of covering the team, sorry, my cat is playing very aggressively <laughs> with his mouse. Um, but, you know, they haven't had an identity. There mm -hmm. have been moments where you're like, this is it. Like, but there isn't anything. There are, again, there are just so many messes that can't just be swept under the rug anymore. It, it's time to really, you know, figure out what the organization is and how do you want to move forward with it? Um, so, it, you know, because there's been talk, is this a team that could be looking at a potential long rebuild or do you think they're going to try to go and in, maybe into the season um, kind of like take a page out of the Sharks playbook of like, let's see what we got. And then maybe we can try to reload on the fly or, but as you guys know, now with Sharks fans, you basically wasted three years and now we're actually fully earnest in your three build. Is this feel like that could be a, a, a where the flames are headed of like, you have some good pieces and some guys who are kind of in their prime right now. And maybe if you add a couple guys here or there, you could be looking at a, you know, in the specific divisions, going to be very tight in the middle again, I feel um then we'll get to the pacific here in a little bit but like it, is that is that just gonna be the question of what this season is is maybe kind of just testing the waters and kind of seeing what happens uh i think so you know in craig conroy's introductory presser or even before that i think when don maloney technically took over uh he said that they're not looking to rebuild like they're mm -hmm. avoiding that word but they can't avoid it any longer. You know, this organization hasn't done a true rebuild. I was talking with some Flames fans, you know, lifelong Flames fans, and they're like, yeah, no, this has just been my life for 20-something years. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. But <laughs> so it doesn't get better. Uh, but no, I think that they, they have tried very light emphasis on, you know, they, they've tried, they've attempted to retool on the fly yeah. and it just, it hasn't paid off. And I think a lot of that does have to do with their prospect pool and their drafting abilities. And again, Rod Tree Living's decade long mess that now we're all left to clean up. Uh, Sharks fans know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, as Mike Greer has been trying to clean up, you know, you you be you're competitive for a long time, right? And the the, the Flames have been a, a relatively competitive team, maybe not as you know a, a Stanley Cup caliber team, but they've been you know mixing uh, mixed in with the playoffs and stuff. And you know, Sharks fans, we know, right? We've spent 15 years of being a very competitive team, and at some point, the build does have to come due for that. So, um, what is the biggest storyline? Of the offseason, would you say, for the Flames? Um, is Elias Lindholm staying or is he going? And it, it's August and we still don't have an answer. So I'm... Eric Carlson think, says hi, too. <laughs> yeah, I think both of them are probably, like, sitting yeah. somewhere in Sweden right now just being like, oh, what do we do? Yeah. So. So, uh, so do you think that this will get resolved before the season starts? Or do you think this is going to be one of those into the season kind of hanging over over the season uh Lindholm's decision I think that this is going to be something that could be here up until the trade deadline honestly I feel like um Conroy laid his cards out on the table and the 2024 
pending UFAs are going to use that to their advantage. You don't want me to walk? Well, you're going to have to trade me somewhere good. And those teams, you know, they might not have an offer. They might not be able to take on, you know, uh, a rental or they aren't certain if there's going to be that extension and what have you. But I, I just, I feel like I love Elias and home and I understand there's like the human element to the game, but mm-hmm. there's also the, the business side of things and the clock is running out. Yeah, I mean, he's turning 29 this season, and I assume he's going to want either a seven or eight year long deal. And again, it's do you want to pay that uh, for a player, you know, who's in his prime right now and is going to start to probably decline here over the next couple of seasons? So, uh, again, man, a lot of parallels between the Sharks and the Flames. Uh, Just go back two years ago with the uh, replace Lindholm with. Tomas Hurdle, and yeah. you basically have the same same question. So uh, before we continue, we kind of review what the Flames did this offseason. We talk about their draft and um, all that fun stuff. Do need to take a quick break. Talk to you guys about our good friends over at FanDuel. And if you want to take your first swing at betting on MLB on FanDuel, they've got you covered because you get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to 200 bucks. That's right. Bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. That's 200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to over under. Who you think is going to hit the first home run? Again, just keep betting Otani to hit home runs, and you're probably going to have a great time with it. So uh, the dude's an absolute machine. Um, you can do this all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of major league baseball all right um jess so the flames offseason let's start with the draft um which came first um how i know they they the flames had a first round pick that they used on uh who was it was oliver moore who did they pick it was samuel hosenbeck or something like that um I'm horrible with remembering uh, names, but, you know, from what I've gathered, it's a pretty solid first-round pick. Uh, Daniel uh, Hansik, the center out of the – from the Vancouver Giants in the WHL, so there you go. Sorry. Yeah, he has a a few more years, I think, to develop in the W and then hopefully make the leap to the AHL, if not, you know, at least get some time in – Calgary playing on the NHL roster because who knows what that roster is going to look like in two years, <laughs> two, three years. So, you know, I think, you know, th- their biggest issue, I think, is actually developing these players. It's great to see, you know, you know, 23 on a nice jersey with a name on it. But if you can't make something out of mm-hmm. someone you thought was good enough to draft, then what you got to take a look at what's going on inside. Yeah. And you're hoping with the new front office and new coaching staff and hopefully new development staff here that mm-hmm. you can uh, kind of work on getting the, the that situated um, going forward. Um, I know Eaton Morin is a, their second round pick of defenseman out of the queue. Uh, he's uh, pretty highly rated. I know a lot of, a lot of uh, people picked him as a potential kind of maybe even for that sharks pick at, at 
at 36 and they got him at 48 um who's a six foot uh tall left-handed defenseman and um adding another goalie to the the prospect pipeline for them it seems like that's the one thing that the flames do well is they do develop their their goalies very well uh dustin wolf says hi um yeah you know Sharks hit it. He was right there in the backyard. I'm never gonna get over that. <laughs> uh, right there in your own backyard, and you gave up. So with it. Um, so the draft, you know, I know uh, we'll, we'll see. That's with every draft pick, right? You we'll see what right. they develop. Um, free agency. What do the flame? Can you let's get a nice recap of free agency for you guys? What did you guys the flames do? Lots of depth signings. You know, <laughs> have to fill out your rosters. Uh, the AHL and the NHL. So, you know, you got to employ some people that make not as much money as your middle six guys because you there's there's a cap, a yeah. salary cap. So, you know, I think a lot of it has just been that depth and just, again, employing people. Uh, Milan Lucic left, uh, Trevor Lewis left. Uh, Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, Tyler Toffoli was traded. Um, It's just, you know, been a lot of turnover. But again, I think for the most part, it's for the better. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people have been like excited about Lucic's money coming off the books. It's already tied up in Huberto. So you don't really have that relief of $6.5 million anymore. Just being like, it's right there. But uh, so you can't go out and use that to sign players, unfortunately. But I think that Craig Conroy has he's been cooking, but I don't know if he's turned the <laughs> stove on yet. I don't know if the water's boiling. I mean, yeah, this, this team's already was pretty cap strapped going into the mm-hmm. free agency, and they're still, even as of right now, they're still slightly over uh the cap um right now so i mean they're gonna have to try to get cap compliant and then you still have oliver uh shellington who's uh kind of i know he's missed basically all did he was it all of last year or most of last year all of last year all of last year and um i know he was considered a big piece for them going forward um what's up with with him what's up with 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 shellington is he expected to be back or is this just uh, LTR, we never see him again. You think? I hope that he isn't just shelved forever. I mean, yeah. he has definitely um, made it clear that he's interested in coming back. He did take last year to kind of work on his mental health, and uh, he was supposed to potentially come back at uh, like around December. Uh, probably for the best that he didn't because that environment is not was not conducive for anyone let mm-hmm. alone someone who's kind of working their way out of a vulnerable position but uh flame social media have been posting uh reposting his clips of him skating that's one thing that we've seen a lot is him uh active on social media with his um strength training and his skating so he's letting fans know that he's still interested and i think we'll see i really think we'll see him back so i mean there if you get him back that's still another two and a half million dollars you're gonna have to kind of squeeze in there so i mean it seems like they have at least one more move they're gonna have to make to get under the cap so who's the guy you're kind of maybe circling as they may not be long for for calgary 
Um, right now I would say it's kind of neck and neck with Dan Vladar and Noah Hannafin. I think that, uh, both of those are the most, both of those make the most sense for the flames. You know, they want Dustin Wolf to be playing at the NHL level. You don't need to start the, the season with three goalies. It just, it doesn't set you up for success. I mean, it just shows that you don't have confidence in my yeah. opinion, but you know, I think that Noah Hannafin will obviously be traded out. I think that he has made it very clear that he wants to go back to America, and I don't blame him. Um, I get it, <laughs> but um, I'd want to be closer to my family too. Yeah. Uh, but I, those two guys, and then uh, Michael Backlund as well, who was offered the captain scene, and if he signed an extension and he hasn't budged on that so i think you know it's either retirement or get me out of here so again we'll just, we'll just we're waiting all right um what's the kind of i guess the we kind of answered the biggest remaining question but uh i i i'm going to kind of go back to the goalies right you know you mm-hmm. you know dustin wolf is is a, a great prospect and should be playing NHL games. Markstrom had a really bad season last year. And then you had Dan Vladard who's shown promise at times, but hasn't really kind of blossomed into the, the goalie uh, that you'd expect. So um, what do you kind of expect to shake out with there? And, you know, is Markstrom hopefully maybe last year was just a blip in the radar. And then you have Wolf kind of being that, that second, uh, you know, maybe playing like 30 games in the NHL while uh, Markstrom's kind of still taking the majority of the games. Is that, is that the hope at least? Yeah. I mean, to me, that makes the most sense in what uh, of the consensus around uh, the fan bases, because, you know, it, Markstrom was never going to be bought out this summer. It made no sense. Uh, it was just one bad year, a, a very big contract. You weren't saving yourself any money. Mm-hmm. And Dustin Wolf and Dan Vladar, neither of them are capable of yet of being NHL quality starters. Um, Dustin Wolf has proved everything he needs to to the AHL. You know, I really would like to see him make that smooth transition to the NHL, but he might fumble a little bit. I mean, it's only natural. You're playing yeah. up against guys. Some guys who are probably closer to twice your age rather than <laughs> college age kids. So I think that Markstrom bounces back. I don't think it's going to be the Vesna candidate that we saw two years ago, but I also don't think it's going to be bottom of the barrel at last year. I think he's, He's beat himself up enough. He knows what he needs to do to be better. Again, coaching change, uh, probably a better environment. Everyone's probably a little happier. So. Yeah. I think I wonder the workload, right? I mean, last year you played 59 games. The year before he played 63. Um, you know, in the bubble season, he played 43 out of 56 potential games. Like, uh, I think getting him a competent backup could just do the one. If you're not playing, maybe if you're, if you're like, the 53 to 55 range mm-hmm. instead of playing 60 to 63 would probably do wonders for a guy like that. Who's yeah. starting to creep up there a little bit in age. So um, before yeah. we get into kind of the 2023, 2024 preview, uh, do want to, again, thank you guys for making locked on sharks. Your first listen, probably a part of the lockdown network. 
We cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everydayer, all you got to do is just follow along wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube as well. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more fun stuff. Uh, for this week, if you missed my conversation with Sharks draft pick Luca Cagnoni, uh, make sure you guys go check that out. That came out on uh, Wednesday. So great, great conversation uh, with hopefully what's a going to be a steal of a pick for the Sharks uh, with Luca Cagnoni. So, um, Jess. This season, what is the best and worst case scenario for this team, you think? Best case scenario is they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a wild card spot. I, I am in. not yeah, I'm not picky. You just do do what you gotta do to get there. Um worst case scenario is uh, we have somewhat of a repeat of last season. I really don't think it could be that bad i mean <laughs> 17 overtime losses i think 19 one goal game losses uh led the league and uh posts hit and whatnot so like it, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong and i feel like if that happens again you just have to just sage the entire arena you go, you have to relocate <laughs> like, you truly have to up and leave because there is something going on there. I just, again, worst case scenario is anything like last year. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's that creamy middle I, I talk about. There's nothing worse than being the creamy middle team, right? Of uh, you have your directionless, right? Uh, you either, if you're a playoff team, you can talk yourselves into it. Maybe it's like Vancouver thing where you talk yourselves into it, but it's the wrong idea. I still have this up. I'm so bad. Uh, I just realized. Um, but it, sorry, I got distracted by my own uh, my own inability to produce. Um, being a creamy middle team is is the absolute worst. It's the killer of a franchise because you have no direction. And I, I again, I think that's the worst case scenario for a lot of teams, especially a team like Calgary, where you this is an important year for them, right? You have to try to figure out what you are, especially under new leadership and new coaching and. Maybe this year, right? You get some new coaching. Maybe everything's a little bit more kumbaya in the locker room. Um, you can kind of pull together Markstrom. You can see it, right? Markstrom bounces back. Um, everybody's not miserable just coming to the arena, uh, coming to the rink. And this team could be a potential playoff team. You still have good players around, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, uh, you know, looking at the roster, right? You, like I said, if Markstrom has a bounce back season, you have Huberto. You know, you've got Kadri. You've got Manjapani. Like you've got some good players on this team. Um, you have. Matthew Coronado, who I think is going to be an outstanding player uh, in the future. Um, like you can kind of squint and, and see like yeah. this could be a playoff caliber team. Uh, but yeah, the worst case, I think the worst case scenario is they just repeat last year and they're stuck in the middle and you, you don't know what to do with this team. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm just hoping that there really is some sort of fun just <laughs> into this, like, into camp and everything because they they need it. it last year guys were so miserable and i don't blame them it was not fun watching this team i cannot imagine how miserable it was clocking in and having to go play do you think daryl Sutter actually had like the old school like clock where you have to like oh. punch it i like punch yeah. it and even check the time cards and stuff oh yeah you see your name on like the yeah. the line of card and you're like okay yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. All right. What 
or who, sorry, is the most important player for this team uh, to have success? Jacob Markstrom. I, you know, unfortunately, this team does not have any high-end goaltender, or sorry, high-end scoring talent anymore, really, unfortunately, uh, with Gaudreau and Kachuk leaving, and Tyler Toffoli led the team in points last year. And uh, so Markstrom has, again, a lot of pressure on him. But I think the defense is obviously, you know, one of the stronger parts of the flame. So he'll have a lot of support in that aspect. So I really think that as long as he can save like one or two goals extra a week, <laughs> we'll be okay. Like they'll they'll get by. Flames two to one games. <laughs> Come yeah. enjoy the fun. <laughs> yeah. The flames are back. So bad. Uh, put that on the banner. <laughs> Two to one games. <laughs> Come have fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the goaltending, you know, is Markstrom could erases a lot of a lot of issues, and I know that the defense is going to be, uh, you know, a, a big key part part of it. But having Markstrom return to form and being an upper echelon, you know, type of goaltender is is going to be huge for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I. I I agree with you with the the scoring where you're going to, it's probably going to be a lot of low scoring events. You're hoping Mark Stroman just um, goes Superman most nights, right? Yeah. We're just going to keep our fingers crossed. (laughs) All right. Um, Who, which, who's going to be a either impact rookie or young player for this team? I have three. Okay. Uh, Dustin Wolf, obviously. I think that that is a given. Mm -hmm. It's time. And, you know, I'm sure Markstrom is begging for a little relief. And, and, uh, he needs a vacation. Yeah, <laughs> he's a friend. Yes. Uh, and I think it'd be a great opportunity for him to mentor uh, this mm-hmm. the kid before leaving in two seasons. I or Two or three seasons, actually. Uh, uh, three. three. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> We've still got time. Uh, Matthew Coronado coming out of Harvard. I think that he is going to be absolutely fantastic. I just, you know, I was really excited with that draft pick and to watch him have the success that he had last season uh, with Harvard. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. And I really hope that it translates well into the NHL. Again, not expecting him to have a flawless transition into the NHL, but just something, a, a crumb of offense would be nice. And Along with him, uh, Jacob Pelletier. This kid just deserves so much better than what last season was. Between Daryl Sutter's what number was he comment. And I was at uh, the game in L.A. where they got blown out like 8-2. to Uh, Pelletier made a turnover. Like, he turned over the puck. The game was was like 5-2. to And Sutter benched him for the rest of the game. I was like, oh, good. The one thing I wanted to, you know, I had to look forward to a, a young, speedy player. And now I just have to watch the old men. <laughs> the old men play. Uh, yeah, I mean, Coronado, I, I think it's going to be a big. And hopefully with new coaching and uh, mm-hmm. not a dinosaur mentality of the young guys have to earn it on the fourth line to work themselves. Like put young guys in positions to succeed, right? Um, yeah. If they're skilled players, put them with other skilled players and watch them flourish. That, that's what good teams do uh, with their development. That helps with development, right? Is not right. 
anchoring them with these, you know, guys who don't fit their skills. So, um, all right. Last question. Where do they finish in the Pacific? Fourth. Fourth. Yeah. Okay. So la- who are they jumping? Yeah. Vegas finished first last year. Edmonton was second. Uh, LA was third. Seattle was fourth. Yeah. And then uh, Calgary, Vancouver, San Jose, and Anaheim. So, so it'll be Anaheim, Vancouver, the Sharks, and oh, maybe Seattle. Maybe Seattle. I don't know. Yeah. I have no. <laughs> I said that they were going to finish second last year. So I anything I say <laughs> is not going to happen. I did say the Sharks were going to be one of the five worst teams last year, and I nailed that. So you did. Uh, I did nail that. So, uh, Jess, you said it all. Uh, where can the people find you? Yes. Yeah, so you can find the show wherever you listen to Locked On Sharks, just Locked On Flames. Uh, it's a great time over there where we just <laughs> bathe and bask in hope and negativity. Uh, but really, like, there's a lot of good content coming. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and the show at LO underscore flames pod on X on Twitter, whatever it's called. Um, yeah. And just have fun. Really just, you cannot take any of this too seriously. Otherwise you're just going to be miserable. <laughs> Locked Flames 2023-24. You're gonna be miserable. Uh you can of course follow Locked on Sharks wherever you get podcasts, and of course on YouTube as well. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter and threads at my fryhole. And until next week, bye friends. <laughs>